All righty. Hey, chaps. Praise God. And inshallah, frankly. All righty. Hope you guys have all had a wonderful day. For those in mysteriously different time zones, good morning. And falling asleep to my voice must be quite a privilege. If that is indeed your lot in life. So I really got thinking about uh, this whole, you know, it's been great this last couple, this last couple days. I think obviously a ton of stuff on race has been being pushed by the clowns. Um, but the clowns push it in such a crap way, you know, such a meme straw man worthy way, you know, uh, they're, they're masters of linguistic kill shots of evasion. Uh, and, and I think, you know, we've been so dumbed down, uh, you know, I was never taught logic. I was never taught rhetoric. I was never taught how to make arguments, how to, you know, even simple, you know, the first time I was ever really taught how to. Uh, construct an argument was as like a 20 year old reading Tony Robbins books on how to construct belief systems. And he gave such a simple uh, template where he was like, any belief system is a table held up by at least three legs. And so he's like, you know, if you, if you have a belief, like uh, I am awesome, then what are your three, uh, what are your three legs that support that belief? You know, it's like, well, you know, I was the fancy boy at this event and I've got blue trousers and my mother told me that I'm wonderful. Like those are my three legs that hold up that table of I am awesome. You know, that's, it's a, it's a, a great, like, okay, so that's how you construct an argument. You know, you put forth an argument that, uh, for instance, uh, the water is turning the frogs gay. It's like, okay, what are your three data points for that? Or what are your three, um, uh, you know, kind of proofs for that? And it's like, well, we found 70% of frogs in the water. Like, okay, there's a link to that. And, you know, they're finding that uh, <clears throat> Roundup in the water and, and soy and estrogen. It's like, okay, great. You've got like three different things. You know, like we weren't taught that in school. You know, in school, there's no, there is no, thinking that is taught or cultivated. You know, we're just like, someone comes and tells you white people bad. And we're like, okay, <laughs> it's an authority uh, tra transaction, you know, authority figure good. Uh, if I go against the authority, for, you know, like I literally had a teacher tell me in high school, I don't know, I was questioning something. And I was like, because I said so. And it's like, okay, like <laughs> you don't know why. You know, and it's this whole authority thing, but it's like, if you don't go along with what the teacher says, you get punished, you get rejected, you get physically punished, you get shamed, you get intimidated, you get, uh, uh, you know, inconvenienced, whatever, whatever the punishment systems are to teach you to just take, uh, authority at its word. And so you know, you, it's even, it's even to the point where it was really great. Uh, I was listening to a Stefan Molyneux podcast the other day. I haven't listened to Stefan in a while and it was really great just catching up with, with uh, a podcast of his, but he, uh, he never took religion 
at its word. He was like, no, I want a, I want a philosophical framework for morality that doesn't just rely on because God said. And so he spent, you know, 10, 20 years of his life thinking through this moral framework that, that is not just a, because I told you so framework. And so at the end of his great framework, he goes to the atheist and he's like, look, I have discovered morality. <laughs> and said all the, the atheists ran away because they weren't atheists just because they didn't like God. They were atheists because they also didn't like morality. <laughs> and so disproving God was their way of getting out of morality. And so Stefan comes along. He's like, I have found morality. And they're like, screw you. Whereas all the Christians are like, well done, Stefan. You've discovered the Bible, <laughs> you know. And so he, you know, his basically almost most of his audience are Christians uh, because Christians are like, yeah, I always knew uh, in my heart that I'm I'm a moral man and, and this is morality. But it's nice to have a philosophical framework for our religious beliefs. And so Stefan is very useful for helping you you dig through the the, the, the legs behind the tables that we believe. And so all of this to say, you know, with all of this um, stuff on, on the news cycle with race, these, these clowns are so good at authority frame setting. And, and, you know, it's that whole thing of like, whose frame are you in? We understand this term frame setting as in, our biblical worldview is a framework, right? The Bible is a framework for what is true, what is false, what is good, what is bad, what is um, what is moral, what is immoral, right? That's a framework. So setting frame means whose authority am I coming under and, and whose reality am I living out of, right? That's frame setting, setting the frame. You know, and you see this with guys... I'll give you an example. You know, if you've been on a team of dudes, the who's the guy who, if he's up, if he's excited, the rest of the team's excited. You know, if he's pumped, the rest of the team's pumped. If he's down, the rest of the team's down. If he's angry, oh, the rest of the team's, you know, it's like, okay, what you're seeing there is he's the frame setter for the rest of the team, right? He's the guy who sets the frame for what the rest of the team operates out of. And so, so the media is a frame setter um, in, in many ways, a cat, uh, academia, Hollywood, celebrity culture, sports, um, school system, you know, education, it's all framing towards this authoritarian. Uh, this is what we say, blind obedience, blind obedience, otherwise death, social death, uh, financial death, rejection, etc. Um, and so we get to this place now where, where with race, many Christians are under that frame. They're under the liberal frame. What we mean by this is that if you have a biblical worldview, we have a biblical worldview, a biblical frame of race, a biblical frame of sex, a biblical frame of money. But what we do when we fall under, under a liberal frame, we're like, oh, I can't talk about biblical race because it goes against what the frame I am subservient to punishes. And so what happens is you get all these crazy clowns who are just like white people are evil. Black people are victims. 
white people owe black people. Black people are, are, are victims of white people. White people are bad. Victim, white, white, bad, black victim. So that's what they're parroting off, right? Now, the Bible says Christ is for every, every tribe, every tongue will bow before the Lord Jesus Christ. Every. And so the Bible is applicable to every tribe in every tongue. And therefore, we are not victims. Every tribe, every tongue is not to be a victim and are not to have grievance, right? That's the express teachings of Jesus Christ. No victimhood, no grievance, right? We are kings that Christ is king of. Every, every tribe, that operating system should download on every tribal hardware. Every, that operating system works on every tribal hardware. And so as Christians, we're like, no, blacks aren't victims. But if you hear a Christian guy say that, you know, and it's like you get attacked by your own, your own people, you know, because you're like, how dare you say that blacks are not victims? Because that's the liberal frame. And if you're like, no, whites aren't bad on account of, you know, like we're all, we're all have sin. We all have the fallen nature. That's not exclusive to white people. <gasps> Only white people are evil. It's like, no, no, no. Black people are just as evil as white people. And therefore, we should be called to repentance uh, and be saved uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ. After which, after which, we are now no longer condemned. You know, so white boys, is there good news for white boys? You betcha. We are free. We are so free of any condemnation. We're so free of any reparations and all this stuff. It's like, man, I am clean. I am so free. I am so clean. Likewise for black guys, when a black guy gets saved, he's like, man, I am free. I am clean. No more victimhood. No more grievance. No more being put down by people who hate me. And this is what I really wanted to, to hit on today for us is living a fearless life. We have to be fearless of not coming under a liberal frame, you know, because we're like, oh, if I disagree with the, if I say something or do something that is not celebrated by the liberal frame, like they could reject me. They could dox me. They could get me fired. They could come and kill me. You know, all these things that come up of fear. The only way to peace is, is for brave men to be honest, you know, because when, when some black guy is in victimhood, a brave man is honest with that guy. It's like, man, you're not a victim. You know, in Christ, you're a king who Christ is king of. Can I disciple you into that? And for white guys, likewise, who are, oh, punish me, I'm evil. It's like, no, you're not a wretch. You're not an orphan. Stop using that language. You're a king who Christ is king of. Can I disciple you into that way? But this takes brave men who are willing to be honest, right? Honest in a biblical frame, right? We are, we are to have humility and fear of the Lord, not condemnation or pride and fear of man or fear of upset woman or fear of institutions run by clowns. We lie because we are afraid. We lie because we are afraid. And we're afraid because we don't trust God to protect us, provide for us, and promote us. And I really want to hit on this today with, with Abraham, with Joseph, with David. They lived as if God would protect them. 
They lived as if God would provide for them. God would promote promote them. Almost as if you could say they lived as if they were blessed. Hashtag blessed. Double blessed. You look at freaking, you know, Abraham, Joseph, David. And, and that's the thing. It's like they were blessed even in their hardship. You know, so many guys are like, oh, Scott, you, you bloody, you know, you're a, what do you call those guys? A prosperity preacher. You're just preaching that guys are blessed and they're bloody, you know, no problems. It's like, no, no. Oh, no, my friend. <laughs> if you're a slave, you can be a blessed slave. You know, if you're in hardship, you can be blessed and be in hardship. In fact, the Lord says in this world, you will have troubles. And he also says you will be blessed. Why? Because we are the sons of Abraham. We receive the blessings that, that Abraham had. And what are the blessings of Abraham? Man, Abraham was a freaking machine. Right, Everything he did, he did with the full belief that God is with me. God is with me, you know, and he messed up. So here's a big thing that we're afraid of. We have such a fear of making mistakes and of disappointing God and being cast aside by God. If you, Three guys I'm going to really talk about. Abraham, Joseph, and David, right? You can count. You can just. Mistake after mistake after mistake. Abraham lied about his wife twice and his wife gets taken into some, you know, absolute machine billionaires. What is that crazy thing? 50 shades of gray harem. It's like, dude, you just let your wife go get taken into some playboys. Dan Bilzerian. There you go. He let his wife get taken into Dan Bilzerian's harem. He lied about, oh, that's my sister. (laughs) It's like, what? Like, that's a pretty big mistake, brother. <laughs> you know, like how much more soy boy, you know, but he was afraid. He was afraid that Dan Bilzerian would kill him and take his wife. And so God had to deal with him, but God dealt with him kindly. God discipled him. God let him learn from his mistakes. And he even repeated a mistake. And God was like, no, 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 buddy. I'm, you know, Andy Womack, the old Texas preacher whose podcast I listened to a lot to when I was, I was growing up. When I was growing up, I mean like, you know, 10 years ago. Um, he would have the saying, you know, that, that God will use you when you become usable. You know, and so many guys are like, oh God, I'll do anything for you. God, just tell me what to do. And God's like, okay, I'm directing your steps to make you usable. You're going to go through hardships. You're going to go through a desert place. You're going to go through a prison place. You're going to go through a slavery place. You're going to go through famine place so that I can have a vessel who is usable for me. And then I'll use you. Moses, freaking Moses murders a dude and he runs away for 40 years. He runs away. He, he runs away from the place he was called, you know, prophetically called like, whoa, everything aligned. It's like, no, he ran away to never come back. 40 years, he, he, he was never going to come back. And it's like, God wants to use you. God wants to use you and he will direct your steps. We just have to be a man after God's heart, which is, God, I will do anything for you. I will obey you even to my own harm or humiliation, right? This is where trust, you know, it's those, it's those chaps who were thrown into the fire by, by King Nebuchadnezzar, I think it was. But they're like, we're not going to worship. We're not going to worship the king. Like we're not bowing down to some idol. And if we get thrown in the fire, then God will protect us. And if he doesn't, then we die obedient and God will reward us. What a mindset. Like what absolute chance. 
me chad shad chad and a bed chad you know they like oh yeah like you can throw us you can harm us you can humiliate us and harm us and if we die then we die obedient and god will reward us and and if god wants to save us then god will save us like what absolute chats you know freaking jonathan and his armor bearer of like let's go let's go take let's go take this mountain 30 dudes on there let's go take them and if god delivers us into into our hands Freaking awesome. And if he doesn't, then that's, you know, we die obedient. We die in faith. And I think so many guys are kind of like in this place of like, I don't know if God will come through for me. I don't know if God really loves me. I don't know if I'm blessed. I don't know if I'm forgiven. I don't know if I'm not, if I haven't been cast aside by God because of this mistake. (laughs) I'm so terrible. (laughs) Condemn me. Punish me. I was like, guys. God loves you. He's a, he's a good father. Jesus came not to condemn you, but to bring you back into sonship, inheritance, right? Kingship. He is the king of you who, who are, is a king on earth now. And so one of these things we have to really get a mindset of is this I don't care mindset. You know, David, man, you look at how David cruised around. He lived as if he was blessed. He's like, oh, this lion's coming. I'm blessed. I'll go take it out. Oh, this giant's coming. I'm blessed. I'll go take it out. You know, he's hungry. Well, I'm blessed. I'm going to go into the temple and eat the bread. Uh, you know, he, it's like the dude lived with a swagger of I am blessed. You know, even to the point of like, we, we need to understand this, but it's like, there is such a, there is such a fear and timidity on Christian men's lives because we don't believe that God likes us and that God wants to bless us. And that if we make a mistake, then it's over, buddy. You've got, you've got exactly four mistakes to make in your life. And on that fourth mistake, God, cut it. But, and one of those mistakes was not stopping at the stoplight. Like, oh, you missed. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. That's one of them, you know, trivial little thing, but it counts. And it's like, guys, come on. You know, there's this, there's this absolute misunderstanding of being a man after God's heart. You know, that's all God wants. He wants you to be a man after his heart. And that means obeying him even to your own harm and your own humiliation. And it's like, chaps, we have to have this, this, there's always a reward for obedience. We have to have a reward mentality, a reward theology. You know, and again, guys be like, oh, Scott, there you go again. You bloody, you bloody, who's that guy? You bloody Joel Austin, Joel asshole. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to chuckle at my own joke there. You know, but it's, it's this thing I'm like, no, 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 chaps. Matthew 6, verse 6. Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Tear that out of your Bible. Freaking take it. Smoke it. Chaps, it's not bad. You know, there's so many guys who are like, oh God, I'll serve you even for no pay. Oh God, I'll serve you even for no reward. God, I just want to serve you. You know, like uh, we don't worship God to get things. We worship God because he's okay. it's like, no, God's your father. Like, yes, he's he's this, he's he's God, he's supreme almighty God. But the 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 operating system that he portrays to you through Jesus Christ is father, son, father, son. And so many guys get into this thing of like, I'm just a slave. I'm just an orphan who deserves nothing. I'll, Oh God. And it's like, 
chaps, this is a bunch of freaking, I mean, that's fine. If, if that's your faith level, then you can, you can do that for the rest of your life. And that's what you'll get. You'll get nothing. But it's like, no, God's a good father. And who of you fathers being sinful men, if your son came and asked you for bread, would give them a stone, a rock, you know? It's like, there's so much, there's so much blessing, reward, uh, love, care. Cast your burdens on the Lord because he cares for you. You know, we have to get this thing because otherwise we'll never be fearless. We'll never be kings. We'll be just scared little boys who stay in the box that the clowns are putting on us. Because, wow, man, if if I step out, then then who's going to provide for me? If I step out, then who's going to protect me? You know, Abraham steps out and he goes and freaking, he goes and takes out four kings in a night raid with his, with his 300 operators. And he comes back and you can tell he's afraid. He's like, crap, have I done the right thing? I've just ticked off four tribal kings and I'm, I'm only one tribe. This is going to be a problem for me. And so God comes to him and says, Abraham, I am your shield and your very great reward. Just some crazy stuff going on here. But I am your shield. I am your protector and your very great reward, your promoter and your provider. And it's like, okay, God, thank you. Like, that's an assurance that I needed that I didn't do the wrong thing. I didn't do a stupid thing. It's like, no, no, no. Go hard in faith because God is your protector. God is your very great reward. And chaps, we have to get this thing, this, this obedience theology, reward theology. Obedience always carries a reward. In our own life, we see guys like Tom Brady uh, not wear a mask, right? He, he walks into the Super Bowl, no mask. Everyone else is wearing a mask. And everyone's like, yeah, well, Scott, he's Tom Brady. He's got FU money. He's got FU skills. He's got FU status. He can do whatever the F he wants because he's Tom Brady. And it's like, no, that's all of us. If we believe, if, I, if you truly know that you're a son of God, that you're a king who Jesus is king of, you are the one who doesn't know that you're a Tom Brady. You're the one who doesn't know that you've got a talent to go and crash at and that, that there's great men praying for a man like you to be part of their team. But you're just too afraid, you know, in your little box to, to, to not step out in what you know God is calling you to. So this is not step out into crazy, stupid stuff. This is not, oh, now I must be brave. Let me go drive into inner city Detroit or Chicago and be a brave guy and stop the gangs. It's like, no, that's not what God's calling you to. It's being brave in what has God called you to. What is your domain? What are the institutions God has told you to take? Now get brave and start doing the things, right? That's what so, we're so afraid of failure. We're so afraid of being kicked out and rejected and, and humiliated. No, 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 chaps. God rewards obedience. He rewards faith. He rewards risk. Step out towards your domain, to your institution that, that you know this is what God is calling you to. That's where it's at, chaps, you know? And, and within that framework, within that domain, you can now start being a king. You know, you look at, at, at Brady, you look at DeSantis, you know, it's like you get to this place where it's like, yeah, I'm going to be a king and I'm going to do things that I want to do because I'm a king in this domain. My gift makes room for me. My God is my shield and my great reward. And so from that place, I can be an honest man. I can be a brave man. I can be a bold man towards my values, towards the things that are important to me. Um, you know, so many of us are like, well, you know, 
if I say something, I'm going to get fired from this job or whatever. And it's like, yeah, because you're, you're not, you're not, you're replaceable. You're not doing your gift that brings you before great men. There's a whole nother life, chaps. Once you start doing the thing that you know you're great at, that God has called you. And, and you might not start there being great. Like you, you start and then God starts directing your steps. You, you gain skill, you gain mastery, strength, courage. But you know you're heading in the right direction. You know, and it's from that place where you can go and be in the desert and be a happy man outcast in the desert. You can go to the prison and be a happy slave in the prison because you know, God, you're directing me towards what it is that I'm supposed to be. You know, you look at freaking Joseph as a slave, right? Joseph had a dream that he was going to be basically the king of his tribe, that all of his brothers were going to bow down to him. And so he gets sold into slavery. Well, that's a bunch of crap, like hardship. But he's like, it said, it says about him, the scripture says in Genesis that while Joseph was naked on the slave block, that the Lord was with him and he was a prosperous man. Ain't that something? Because he's like, all right, I'm a slave now. Well, I'm still going to be a king, king mindset. I'm going to be a king slave. And so he freaking machines and his slave master makes him in charge of everything. Then he gets falsely accused of rape. He gets thrown into a prison. It's like, well, I'm going to be a king slave prisoner. Mindset, king mindset. So he goes to the jailer and he's like, look, man, I run crap. I'm a king. I run crap. And the jailer's like, sweet, run my crap. And so he ran his crap like a freaking king because he knew this is what I'm good at. This is my gift. And I'm going to crush as unto the Lord. I'm going to work my gift as unto the Lord. You know, that's where, chaps, we really figure out, is this thing that I'm doing, is it something that I would do with, you know, as a freaking slave with no payment? It's like, no, this is something I would do as unto the Lord. This is something I would do even if no one paid me. This is what I love. This is what I'm great at. This is what I'm, this is my gift. This is what I crush at. And the money is great. You know, being paid is great. Being recognized and applauded. That's great. That's wonderful. All glory to God, and I'm just his donkey. And it's like the more he rides me, like awesome. You know, I'm I'm pumped to be the guy who brings Christ into this domain. You know, and it's like it's okay for guys to celebrate you and be like, yeah, thank you, thank you for seeing my gift. You know, thank you for for appreciating my gift and and giving me honor. Like wonderful. But that's where we need to be. You know, we we don't need to be. You know, if a lot of you guys are like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing what I should be doing. It's like. No, no, you need to get with the Lord. You know, a lot of you, it's not a it's not a situational change. It's not even a vocation change. For a lot of you guys, you're where you need to be. You're in the job or the vocation or the field or the business or the domain. You are in the domain you need to be. You're just in the wrong mindset. You're in a victim, slave, grievance mindset. My boss is a dick. This workplace is a, is crap, is a prison. I'm just a wage slave. Like, you know, and we're in this identity of victimhood and grievance. The boss owes me more than this. The customers owe me more than this. My coworkers owe me more than this. And it's like, you know, that's not a king mindset, brother. And so, so you just need to get with, with, with the Lord on this. Spend a bit of time and just be like, Lord, am I in the right domain? And or am I in the right mindset? Am I being a king in this place? You know, because maybe that's all that's needed. This 
this season for you was just needed to prove to you that you're a king. You know, David being out on the backside of the desert as a little shepherd boy, it was a proving ground. And then David being out in the backside of the desert as an outcast tribal chieftain was a proving ground. It was a, a, it was a grace from the Lord that he was able to learn all of his mistakes, iron out all of his kinks, get to know which guys are trustworthy for 10 years out in the desert before he ever took over the Porsche, the Ferrari of the palace. You know, because a lot of guys, you get, you, you, you get immediate success and you make all your mistakes in the big leagues. You make all your mistakes under the spotlight. You make all your mistakes with guys who you, who you haven't proved, who you haven't gone a road with. And that's why the Lord wants to direct your steps. He wants to take you through a desert. He might want to take you through a prison, through a slave season, so that you can iron out things so that when he brings you into the palace, when he brings you into your absolute spotlight stage line, it's like, okay, I know who my guys are. I know who God is. And I, I, I fought the little battles in this place as a king. I was a king in the desert. So now I just slot straight into being a king in the palace. That, you know, that's maybe what we need to see. You know, with some of you guys, if, if your domain feels off or your, your work, your work is an amazing thing. You know, I was, I was, we were driving, oh, we're reading a book this morning. My wife and I were driving back from the chiropractor and we, we've been reading this book called uh, The Magic of Thinking Big, written like in the 50s or 60s, really great book. But he was talking about retirement, you know, and how guys are, you know, retiring at 65. And it's like you, anyway, it got me thinking on this whole thing of like, retirement is not godly. Re retirement is not a biblical frame. We're in a freaking war, you know, and your work, we were made to work. What is heaven going to be like? Heaven is going to be working your absolute dream job for the rest of your life. It's going to be cultivating your dream garden, your dream property for the rest of your life. Like Eden was heaven on earth. Right? That was the template. The template was God saying, all right, here is heaven on earth. You work, you, you do what you love. You know, if you love freaking whatever you love like that, God gave you that desire to be amazing at that gift, to crush. And like, you don't retire from something you love. And so that's my, 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 my encouragement to you guys, man, is you can be bold. You can be courageous. You can gain strength. You can be fearless when you know this is what God can do. And so I don't care if I make mistakes because God is, is, this is what I'm made to do. So mistakes are just learning grounds, right? Failure is never final because God, like God, I'm a man of your heart. I'm crushing in this gift. So he's going to take me in, right? Like, and we don't want to like be like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, David was such a dog in so many ways, but it's like, he's a great template. Abraham, such a dog, you know, like Joseph was actually the dude with great morality in this, in this case. But it's like, you know, chaps, God loves you. And he wants to take you into your, into your gift, into your thing that he has just made to be heaven on earth for you. You know, it's like that famous, that famous line from that guy, that Olympic runner back in the fifties or whenever it was, who refused to race on Sundays. And uh, anyway, he wrote, I love to run. And when I run, I feel the pleasure of God. And it's like, man, that's what, that should be our work. You know, work. When I work, I feel the pleasure of God. 
Like that's when you know you've found the work that God has made you to do. Like, God, this is my work. And then you're going to go through a desert season. You're going to go through a prison season. You're going to go through a slave season. You're going to have some clown soul freaking come and crap in your cave and try and kill you and chase you around the desert. You're going to have 400 random dudes who you would never associate with all be like, dude, you're great. Be our captain now. You know, like there's all these things that will happen to you when you're like, this is my work. And it's like, okay, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid anymore because God's not going to sideline me. I'm not afraid anymore because mistakes aren't final. I'm not afraid anymore because God is directing my steps. God is making me usable so that he can bring me in to, to the great maturity. You know, and that's where, you know, uh, I think it was Jung. He said, life begins at 40. Everything before that was merely preparation. And that's a great line. You know, and it's like at 40, God, God, inshallah, you have 40 more years of life, 50 maybe more years of life ahead of you. That's a, that's a wonderful long time. You know, and you want that high energy. You want to be the 80 year old freaking absolute legend crushing, you know, that's such a, you want to go out hard. You know, you want to be striking the iron hot and that's the day you die. Like still striking the iron, still going hard, still crushing clowns. You don't retire from a war. You don't retire from heaven, your heaven work. You know, there's that famous sign, and I know old Edison's a bastard, but there's that famous uh, quote, whatever, from Edison. His wife asked him, honey, you work too much. You should go on a vacation. And he's like, all right, tomorrow I will go on a vacation. She's like, oh, this is wonderful. And so the next morning, you know, she wakes up at like six or seven or whatever. He, he always used to wake up earlier than her. And she's like, oh, no, he's gone on his vacation. It's like, no, he went to his workshop. That's what he loves. That's his vacation. He's in the workshop working. And it's like, come on. Like that is work. That is, that is us crushing in our image as kings that God has made us to, to crush at. All righty. Praise God. You know, and we know, chaps. We know. You know, you don't need to go pay a thousand bucks to some Tony Robbins guy to like figure out what your calling is or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Like, you know what you're passionate about. You've had moments in your past that just felt like heaven on earth. You know, you just need to start thinking, do the hard work of thinking and writing down, like get a journal and or, or just a, even a, a pad of paper and start writing down. What am I passionate about? What would I do with 10 million bucks? You know, and so many guys, it's like, man, when you do that thing with what would I do with 10 million bucks? It's like, oh, buy a Ferrari, buy this, buy it. And it's like, yeah, get all that stuff, write that all out, write all that crap down so that you can get it out the way. So many guys are like, oh, I can't think it. It's like, no, get it out the way, write it all down, get it out the way. Then once you've got all the stuff out the way, now it's like, okay, what would I do to serve my people? What would I do that would make me juiced to work at? You know, because you can go on so many, you know, fishing trips and mountain retreats and just sit on the beach and rub coconut oil. But after a while, this thing in your heart is like, I want to fight. I want to go and fight. What is it that you want to go and do? What projects do you want to work on? Who are the, the great men that you want to work with? Write that all down. Chaps, our heart knows what God has made us to do. And so it's just a thing of like, God, you know what I want to do. You're directing my steps. So in faith, I'm going to start stepping out. And that's where we start stepping out, chaps. That's where the fearlessness comes in. You know, it's like, I don't have 10 million bucks. And it's like, no, no, no. But you can start doing things toward that list that don't cost money. They, they cost fearlessness. They cost willing to be look stupid. They cost willing to make mistakes. They cost discomfort. So, so let's, let's get out on that and, and, and crush that. All right. Love you, boys. Have a great evening and praise the Lord.